Hey everyone, we're getting to wrap up the last part of Asking for a Friend series. We're going to be talking on the topic of sexuality, homosexuality, sex before marriage, and all that includes in that topic. It's going to be a good one, so make sure that you're leaning in, you're paying attention. I really believe that God is going to speak to you through this sensitive subject. And as always, church, I know things don't look the same, but we are still a church family and we are still doing church. And none of this is possible without your faithful giving to the house. I just wanted to encourage you with a verse as you're giving this morning. Isaiah 33, 6, it says that he will be the stability of your times. And that's what I'm holding on to right now. And in an unstable world, I am thankful that God is my stability and not the circumstances, not the culture, not the government, and not the situations in which we live in. God is our stability. Church, we thank you once again so much for your faithful giving to the house. We love you so much, and we are just excited what God's going to do. Lean in this morning. It's going to be a good one. Hey, church. Thanks for joining us again today. Today, we're actually concluding our series, Asking for a Friend. We've covered a lot of topics, and uh, today we're actually discussing a topic that always, every time we have uh, questions submitted, the topic um, on sexuality always has the most questions being submitted. Um, I want to reiterate um, that next week we're starting a new series. I'm excited about it, Unity in a Divisive World, and uh, I'd love for you to be part of that. Uh, today, I'm joined by my bride, Liza, my sister, Pastor Katie, and uh, um, we're going to tackle some of these questions. First off, I just pray, Pierce. <laughs> are you, there, so are you nervous, nervous about the question? Okay. What first attracted you to your spouse? Me oh, hear I love this one. <laughs> no, I love this one. For me, it was your confidence. Oh, my God. It was your confidence and specifically the way that you worship. Because I remember when you used to come to the church, um, many times you would come in by yourself. You'd sit in the second row, which was close to me, which I think was intentional. Yeah, I stalked you a bit. No, I'm just kidding. I, I stalked you. Yeah, and, um, but no, and you would just worship unapologetically, passionately to God. And I just, I was attracted to that. All right. I mean, other things too, but let's just leave it at that. What about <laughs> you guys? You could say anything or what? Uh, well, yeah, I was attracted to my husband. Um, well, yeah, for his confidence once, like we just, and we just hit it off immediately. As soon as we started talking, it was like an old friend and I had just met him. So that was very attractive. And yeah, he was just always very confident. He was never like nervous or sweaty around me or anything like that, you know? <laughs> He's just confident. I loved it. All right, now I'm going to go real surfacey here. Oh. Because you were on the stage, and I thought you were attractive yes. looking. Um, and then when I talked to you, you, like, tried to be funny, and I thought that was cute because, like, you were trying to be funny. <laughs> oh, wait, how I was or I, I mean, tried? sometimes you're funny, but you were trying to you're be funny. You were trying real hard. Yeah, that's what you were doing. So oh, I was like, you're right. so cute. That's well, cute. <laughs> Listen, let's get into these questions that people have submitted. Um, I'm going to begin the first one. And I, I, honestly, this is a topic that, but personally, I, I like talking about this topic, not only because um, we talk about it a lot, we've talked about it in church in the past, but I believe it's often a topic that just is silent in the church and people don't talk about it. When you don't talk about something, it doesn't allow people to walk in freedom. You know yeah. what I mean? I think when stuff is really taught through the word of God and we actually speak on it from the platform, yeah. I think it it it, yeah. it it gives it takes the weight off of people from right. feeling like this oppression or this weight that they walk in and not really um, having direction in what to do. So every time we get the chance to talk through these questions, 
um, pertaining to sexuality, always it's exciting for me. Here's the first question. Is True North affirming of alternative lifestyles? Um, I guess I'll start on that one. Yeah. This is one of those questions that we we get a lot. You know, every time we, we talk about this, we get this question a lot, and it's it's a it's a loaded question. Yeah. And and so and actually it's a trap. And this yeah. is why I'll say that is because if I say yes to that question, is True North Church aff affirming um, to alternative lifestyles? If I say yes, then I'm condoning yeah. um, the lifestyle. I'm affirming it and I'm giving permission to something that is contrary to the word of God, right? Yeah. If I say no, that we are not affirming to an alternate lifestyle, then it implies that I'm judgmental, that I'm hateful, yeah. that I'm intolerant. And so really it's a trap. So the truth is, is that neither one of those options um, are true. Yeah. Yeah. It really boils down to what does the word affirm mean? Like, and not many people want that. Like we live in a culture today, you know what I'm talking about? Pick Even with all those things, it's like, it's a simple question. It's Pick a simple side. question. You know, tell me the answer. Do you affirm alternative lifestyles? Yes or no? Um, and my response would be neither. Neither. And they'd say, well, what do you mean? Well, what do you mean by affirm? Yeah. What do you mean by affirm? Because if, if, you, if affirm means agree with or condone or give permission, then no. But if, if affirm means do you love yeah. someone, then I would say yes. Yeah. That's what it means. But often you have to make them articulate what they're really trying mm -hmm. to express to you. And most people don't even want to sit around and wait for the explanation. They just want, give me yeah. the answer. Well, even to, when you're saying, do you affirm, it sounds like they're asking, what is your opinion or your stance? And I was telling Katie upstairs, this isn't, it's not how we feel yeah. or, or our opinion yeah. or stance. We're a, a Bible-believing church, and this is the absolute yeah. truth. Yeah. So we look to the Bibles. What does the Bible say yeah. about alternative lifestyles? I don't even, or I don't even know what they mean by you know, that. Or yeah. What do you mean by that? What yeah. are these lifestyles? But what it boils down to is there's one lifestyle that, you know, Mom. God commanded in the Bible that a man and a woman it, be together. And Not it is interesting that. that they say it that way, an alternative. There's lots of alternative lifestyles. Yeah. And I so think that, even that in the question. That is a very broad question. Yeah, and, but even in the question, they're saying to us that you've acknowledged one, but are you affirming of others? The only thing that I 100% affirm is that God loves you, yes. he's for yeah. you, he has a yeah. plan and a purpose for your life, and you're welcome um, here in True North, in, at True North. Yeah. I would say this, here at True North, our stance has always been yeah. and will always be a place where everyone is welcome, yeah. which includes people from 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 every every place in, in society, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I'm cautious of my wor words today because it's like, you know, we're dealing with a lot of racial tension and different things in our culture, and we almost intentionally create boxes around race, around sexual uh, desires, yeah. around yeah. Um, uh, education, you name it. We've created all of these boxes, even within the church itself. Yeah. What is your theological position? So everyone has this box. We welcome everyone for here. Any, for, you know, wherever you are in your Christian walk, or if you are not a Christian, if you're yeah. an atheist, if you're far from God yeah. or yeah. close to God, wherever you are, you know, you're welcome. I think people, I think people need to have a better understanding of who we are. Like, I think when people ask that question, maybe they think that we assume final say, like yeah. we're the authoritative, like right. you of said, the, like the church. where we right. say, you know what? Um, yeah, you know what? Let's just 
for you, let's just, you know, do that. Yeah. Uh, and I think what they're really trying to ask, and the more you serve God, the more you recognize this, is you're asking me a question about um, who is the definer of things. Yeah. And we saw that at the beginning in, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And humanity has struggled with this from day one. But God defines sex. Yep. He defines gender. He defines identity. Yep. Um, he is the definer. He is the creator. We are the created. Yep. And so in order for us to understand our position with God, we need to understand that at the end of the day, we're not the ones that actually get the right to define things. And our purpose. I mean, we were yeah. created on purpose, yeah. for a purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you find that in Genesis. Why was man created? And then why was woman created? Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people don't like that answer that woman was created yeah. for as the man. A helpmate. Yeah. As the help yeah. yeah. Not to be below the man or yeah. Yeah. but that the man wasn't good alone and yeah. that they needed a helper. And yeah. the woman, you know, completed, completed that. that. Yeah. Picture. And I think maybe maybe that, that question too came just out of the heart, like will it be will I be accepted? Yeah. yeah. Am I allowed to come if yeah. my lifestyle doesn't look like your lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. And the, the answer of that is definitely yes. Yeah. That's You're, how I walked through the doors. Yeah. My like, lifestyle did not look like other people's lifestyle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure that happens to a lot of people come to church being broken and beat down and, you know, not that everyone does, yeah. but have like are tired and reached the bottom. And it's just yeah. like, what if there is a God, you know, I'm coming here mm. to, and yeah. this is where you need to be. You need yeah. to come here to find, yeah. You don't need Your to purpose. come to find that relationship, yeah. right? But I mean, you're going to hear the message preached here. And yeah. so we want everyone to come through those doors, yeah. Yeah. no matter and where you are. No, and that's so good because, you know, when we're talking about um, God being the definer, um, and again, I get back to the question, there, there's an alternative. There's a lot of alternatives. Yeah. But we submit ourselves under the authority of God and we say, how do you define sex? How do you define marriage? How do you define our purpose and our identity? And we submit ourselves under that authority and believe it to be truth and actually live our lives accordingly. Yeah. When people say that, I think the same thing that you just said. I feel like there's a lot of weight on people when they come to church. I know yeah. when I invite people to church, I say, hey, you should come and uh, to, to our church. We've done this before and they kind of look at you like, yes. Yeah, and you, yeah, and you know what's going through their head. They're kind of thinking like one of two things, like um, either they were hurt by someone in the church in the past, they have yeah. bad experience, or they're to a place where it comes to, I'm going to be judged. Yeah. And people are going to look at me and they're going to, they're going to, they're know. going to know every deep and dark secret that yeah. I ever, that, that I have. And, and the truth is every single person that walks through these doors um, is a sinner before God. Yeah. Um, and we come to this place um, and, and all of us have, we started this life as sinners. Mm -hmm. Um, but many of us, when we meet Jesus, we become redeemed. Yeah. Um, and we become set apart, not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ yeah. did. Um, and that's what makes us different. Yeah. But it's important for people to know that everyone is welcome here. Yeah. You got the second question, babe. Okay. It says in a world where same sex relationships, marriages and open relationships are a real thing, what advice would you have for a Christian who is trying to navigate and handle these interactions? Holy cow. Just a few. <laughs> um, in a world where same sex relationships, marriages and open relationships are the are a real thing. I would you know what I would say when it says a real thing? I would say I would throw in there are celebrated and yeah. often, often, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not all, not only celebrated, but openly 
discussed and mm -hmm. said, hey, you should try this or this or that. And encouraged. Encouraged yeah. is the word I'm looking for. So celebrated, encouraged for, for that. Yeah. And I think back to the first question is, if, if we, it's a bit of a minefield, right, in all of those things, but if we don't have the word of God navigating our responses, yeah. um, we become subject to the opinion of society. Yeah. Yeah. And then when society says, hey, why don't we try this? And hey, why don't we try that? That's not bad. Yeah. And this is, the, this is what I, I, I really want people to get. When your desire for something actually becomes greater than the written word of God, yeah. then God is no longer your Lord, right? right. You and I have talked about that. Yeah. Um, where when, when people will say, well, you know, uh, I know this is wrong, but, but you know, I'm going to do this. But. And so then you're like, well, then who's really Lord here? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's an aspect of uh, when you give your life to Christ and you decide to... Um, Follow Jesus, that you are laying down your life yeah. and putting your agenda down yeah. um, for his yeah. and dying to yourself and picking up the cross and all of these things. It's because there's a you're giving something up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't go on and, and say you're going to have same sex relationships or open relationships or like we said, you have to go back to how does God define marriage? How does he define um, what the relationship between a man yeah. and a woman should look like. And then when you bring yourself back there, you go, okay, so am I living my life for Christ, which means I'm going to submit to this authority and lay down my life, mm. or am I going to keep doing what I want? Well, then you have not died really? to self. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So yeah. You can't serve two, two masters yeah. at that. Regard. I think that question is too, is like, like you were talking about how society wants to put you in a camp. They want to put you in a box and say, box and say, choose a side. And I feel like that person might be thinking like, well, how as a Christian am I supposed to stand my ground without looking hateful? Yeah. Without being perceived as intolerant. Right. And the whole thing is like, like I always look at it like, why can't we disagree and still love each other? You know, like you're my brother. I love you. We disagree on a lot of things, you know, but, but the, but I still know that there's a love there. Yeah. And we can disagree out of that life. And so what you're saying is it's not just knowing what the word of God says as just us being robotics yeah. or robotic in our obedience, but knowing who he is. Right. In the sense that I know God loves me, he's for me. Yeah. And that actually if I submit myself, like you were saying, to him under his authority, I'm not just doing it saying, oh, this is so hard. I'm doing it because I know it is my best life. Yeah. It's my best life. Right. And so I might say, yeah, but my desires are so strong and I just want to do this and I want to do that. That's great. But nowhere in the in the word of God does it say that if you chase your desire, yeah. you're going to live your best life. Right. You're yeah. going to be fulfilled and actually says you're walking into greater enslavement, yep. more bitterness, yeah. more anger, more frustration, more loss. But if you deny yourself, carry your cross and follow Christ, yeah. basically saying, believing he has best for you, yeah. um, it almost is if, it, it's almost his blessing engulfs yeah. those desires that are in opposition yeah, to, right. to, to him. Yeah. And when people say, well, how do you do it? How do you deal with the desires that are opposite of the word of God? Well, you come into it with a willing heart and, you know, that want and the, yeah. the faith and that you're not doing it. It's not out of your strength yeah. that it's you do what you can in the natural and God does the supernatural mm. and gets you through it. Yeah. I mean, it's him walking with you through it. Yeah. But I, I um, the interactions part. So I wasn't talking. I guess if 
you know, if someone's asking you about this, or let's say someone's not asking you, you're interacting with people. I, I would never just go up to somebody and just start rattling off. Hey, you want an open, open relationship? Yeah, no, yeah. and it doesn't matter. I don't, it, none of that matters. I mean, I guess you would, you have to just be who you are in Christ and show people with the way you live your life. Yeah. And your testimony is what will be the most moving thing yeah. to somebody mm. else in terms yeah. of an interaction, how you interact with yeah. other people. Um, because people yeah. have to be like in the right time to receive it anyway. Yeah, right. And so if you're like, I'm, yeah, I'm you're gonna, not gonna tell. Yeah. You can't yeah. post like use make a statement by posting something on social media no. about people's lifestyles and expect no. anything to change except for for offense to take yeah. place. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if you are building relationships, you have relationships yeah. with people. You show them Jesus. Right. Well, like it's not our job to change people. That's yeah. not our job as Christians. No. Our yeah. our job is to show them Jesus. I right. think this is where this where the trains kind of are running like this, where it's like, if I want to love people, Christians with a desire yeah. to really love people, yeah. right? And then you have this other one of like, I need to tell them they're wrong or like, you know, I need yeah. to give them truth. Yeah. And so it's either we give them, we give them so much truth mm -hmm. um, that there's no grace or yeah. we give them so much grace and we leave out the truth. Yeah. And it's like, that's why the word of God says, you know, we need both grace and truth. Yeah. Grace leads but truth isn't absent from it. Yeah. Truth isn't like hiding in a corner and saying, well, as soon as they're ready, I'm going to tell them what they really need to know. Yeah. It's like yep. it comes alongside at the exact same time. Because this is the thing. You do, so, and we often talked about this, like how do you really love someone? Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about that. Like if someone's standing on, on a bridge yeah. and they say, they, I, I want to jump. Like we don't say. Well, I think well, it will make me happy. I can yeah. fly. Yeah. And you we know? say, oh, well, if that, if that makes you happy, yeah. you know, go ahead, go for it. Like, yeah. What we actually believe, um, he who the son sets free is free indeed. So we actually believe that real freedom is found in Jesus. Yeah. yeah. In a relationship with Jesus, surrendering your life to Jesus. So if we believe that, why in the world would I omit that from, from someone when I'm talking to someone who's dealing with, with struggles in their life? Well, also everyone is born with that sense of eternity and, mm -hmm. and in their own time. I mean, if they're really having questions and things like that, then there's, it's something that's being stirred in their yeah. own spirit. They yeah. already have a sense that there's a discord, that something's not right, or they're not happy, or they're dissatisfied. So just showing them love yeah. and, and living your life to be the best Christian and be the light in the environment that yeah. you can, um, I find that people will approach you and yeah. say, hey, yeah. what what's the truth of this matter? Yeah. What does the Bible say? Since And then... You're not shoving it down someone's throat. They asked you and you're giving the honest answer. Yeah. This is what the Bible says about yeah. this. And that's yeah. not my opinion. And the, you know, it's not, that's not how I, just how I feel. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah, because all, often it's when you begin in your journey with, with the Lord, when you're learning what the Bible says, it's often in complete opposition to how you feel. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, hey, the Bible says this. You're like, well, that's no, great. I don't, I don't feel, feel that. that. Yeah. Um, and then you're told to, but to walk in it. And that's yeah. where I really think, unless you understand that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit who enables us to reflect Christ in all that we do, yeah. we don't we don't have to hide in a society that essentially says, um, you know, we're in a time now where it's like, si you know, silence um, is wrong. And I believe that. I believe that silence is really a response. Mm -hmm. And it's a silence. It's a silence is a response of apathy and, yeah. and not really demonstrating a sense of care. But 
in our society when we're not silent as a church, um, we have to make sure that our responses are not just filled with truth, but they're filled with a grace and truth. Yeah. Um, and we're not responsible for the reactions of people to that, yeah. but we're responsible to carry the truth and to stand firm in the word of God. You know, I it had that response early on that you didn't want to offend people, and it was hard, and you're like, I'm just not going to talk about it. Yeah. But then the more like you grow in your maturity as a Christian, you realize I'm accountable to God first. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not accountable for their feelings. Mm. Yeah. And mm. if that comes up in, con- like I said, I'm not going to hunt you down, but if that comes up in conversation, I'm going That's to tell you what the, the truth of the yeah. matter is. Yeah. And yeah. I can't feel bad about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's what the word of God says, and I believe that. And I know, like, in all, in all of our journeys so far with the Lord and our conversations with people who are maybe unbelievers, maybe dealing with lifestyles or contrary to the preaching of the word of God, like, I think we, we underestimate what the Holy Spirit does before us, like yeah. how the Holy Spirit prepares the hearts of people. Yeah. And so often when we get asked those questions where they come up to us and we're having a great talk and then they say that question, we're like, are you kidding me right now? Like, we're going to talk about this. I think, and I believe this, that the Holy Spirit is working on yeah. people's hearts yeah. all the time. And as we're praying for people and interceding for people, that he's doing, you may not see it in the natural, but I'm telling you in the spirit, in spiritual realm, um, I believe the Holy Spirit is preparing people's hearts to receive that seed at the, at the moment that it's getting ready to be sown through the preaching of the gospel. Yeah. And and so I don't want people to be discouraged by it because they're like, you know, oh, I've said this and I'm never going to have a chance now because I wrecked Ruined the it, first yeah. one. But, yeah. And that's not true at all. And the truth is, is sometimes other pe- God will use other people um, to circle the wagon around the person that you love yeah. um, before he has another <laughs> Yeah, chance, and I just so. love Like I heard Lisa Bivier say once, she said, you know, the world wants um, love without truth. Mm. And the church has often preached truth without love. And they, mm. you need to be both, yeah. like you were just saying with the grace yeah. and truth thing. It has to be both. The world, our society right now, they say that you find your own truth, that you make up your own truth. And I just feel, I feel for our world right now because if they believe that, the confusion, the desperation, the mm. unsatisfied spirit that you're mm. going to have, if you yeah. think you are the divine, definer of truth, yeah. and if you think you can be the source of your own happiness and your own contentment, and chasing after your desires, desires will make you happy. Um, I think that should break your heart because yeah. the truth is in the word of God. The truth sets people free. And as a church, yeah, well, I don't think we should go picket mm. um, pride parades. And you know what? In the past, church ha- churches have done that. Yeah. And that's why I think it has you know, severed some relationships and hurt a lot of people um, because there, we were, the church may in the past have been doing the truth without the love. falls on deaf ears anyhow. Yes. I mean, yeah. because it's, you know, um, not willing and open spirits you're right. talking to. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. And I just yeah. thought, no. Yeah. Nobody I don't want to care. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. That's the same season too. Is like it, it, when it's the, it's not the right time for stuff to be received in, yeah. in the heart. But, and I think for us as believers, it's like, man, God loves humanity so much and desires to be in relationship with people. And and we're, if we're his ambassadors and his representatives, I think we need to be mindful of how we carry the message mm-hmm. and, and when we deliver the message yeah, um, that's and good. all of that stuff. Yeah. So you got the next question? Oh, multiple wow. questions. Ready? Oh, that's like a story. I know. This is, this is lots of questions. Oh, we're talking about premarital sex with this one. What's the big deal about having sex before you're married? 
How could it be a bad thing for people to express love and enjoy one another if they're in love? I have, if I had premarital sex and do not regret it and keep doing it, will that affect where I go when I die and send me to hell? Why does the church care so much about couples living together prior to marriage? Won't people still engage in se sexual sin regardless of where they live? So, lots of stuff on there. Just a few um, things. Do you want to tackle it first? Yeah, I, I um, so, so this was really, this is freeing for me because I had a little bit of a rebellious streak as a teenager and when people said you couldn't do something, I was like, but I can. I don't think anyone's shocked by that. <laughs> Some people are, believe it or not. All of us, I think, are very yeah, similar. We all had a little rebellious thread through us. Very, very. And when someone says you can't do something, well, yeah. now I want to, so mm. thank you. And I'm going to prove you wrong and show you that I can do it. So a freeing thing um, for me was when I had one of my, um, actually like my college directors sit down and I was deciding what to do um, with my second year of Bible college. And, and he said, you know what? You can do whatever you want. Mm. You can choose whatever you want. And in this case, it was, I'm not choosing either between leaving, staying. Yeah, it, was it wasn't, either leaving or staying, right? Yeah, and he was like, and, you know, God will be with you. And that just opens my eyes, my eyes that I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I can choose to sin and I can choose to stand on the word of God. That's my freedom. That's what God's given us. You can choose to have sex before you're married. Yes, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And you can say that you love Jesus and you can come to church on Sunday and you can choose to do that. But where the thing is, you do not get to choose to opt out of the consequences of your decision. Mm -hmm. So if you want to sin, there will be consequences for that. There's yeah. a consequence to every single decision we make, good or bad. The consequences can be blessing and joy and abundance. The consequences can be devastating and sorrow. Yeah. And we get the freedom to choose. You can sleep with each other before marriage, but you are stepping out of the umbrella of protection, blessing, and, cover and covering. And if even if you do decide to get married, you know, and you've, you're, okay, we're going to get married, you still, that relationship, if you decide to keep having sex, is still outside of that protection, that covering, and that blessing of God. Yeah. And to me, that's a scary place to be. Marriage isn't easy. No. And to do it on our own, apart from God, is a scary thought. Yeah. Yeah. I want my relationships to be under that protection, yeah. under that umbrella of blessing, of protection, I want my relationships to honor and please God to further the kingdom. And they can't do that if they're outside of God's plan. You said it brilliantly. I, I think the one thing that frightens me with this is it's maybe in the way that we talk about salvation and the grace of God. And so when we come, when people come to church, we talk about that how sin has separated us mm -hmm. um, from God and that in order for us to get in right standing with God, we need to uh, surrender our life um, to the Lord, and we reference Romans 10, mm -hmm. um, verse 9, where it says that we need to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. There's a process of repentance in yeah. salvation, which literally says, I'm turning. So I'm heading this way, and I'm turning around, and I'm going to head that way. Almost like I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. Mm -hmm. I'm not the compass of my own desires. I submit my, my life to Jesus. Yeah. And uh, James even says that. He says, right, like, don't deceive yourself. Mm -hmm. in thinking that you can merely hear the words of God, yeah. uh, the word of God, but you actually have to do what it says. Mm -hmm. And that's where the power and the authority and the anointing is released in you being obedient to God. And is it easy? No, it's not always easy to be obedient, but it's not always you. And God has given us one another to strengthen our resolve 
And the Bible says in Proverbs that there is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. So yeah. if you have things in your season, in your life that you're struggling with, yeah. he's giving you good believers, not to affirm your, your sin, yeah. but to affirm and to strengthen you in walking in righteousness before God. And we've talked about this too, how God calls us to holiness. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a powerful understanding of what it looks like. I, I guess the fearful thing that I have is when I hear people say, well, ah, I mean, I'm, we're living under grace. Like, you know, God's going to yeah. forgive me. I don't think you understand grace until you fully understand the ramifications of sin. Mm -hmm. Right. If God could deal with sin by just saying, ah, yeah, it's covered. It's good. Yeah. I don't need to do anything. I'm God. But he's not. He's a just God. And he says, in, in order for us to deal with sin, there needs to be the sacrifice of blood. Something has to die yeah. in order for you to stand in righteousness. And so what was that? Someone. It was Jesus yeah. who came to earth, who lived, who died, shed his blood on the cross, and then was resurrected to life on the third day. It was because of that sacrifice and that intensity of that sacrifice that keeps us out of what? It keeps us out of a life apart from God, yeah. out of hell. And to think about the consequence of sin. The consequence of sin is eternal separation from God. Yeah. And I think our society today is kind of, we're so casual with yeah. it. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, what's the big deal? Well, yeah. there's a massive deal in it. Yeah. And if you don't recognize that, so for people that say, well, I'm just going to kind of keep going with it. This is the danger. When you give a foothold to the enemy, yep. everything begins to just mount on that. Yeah. And it builds. Your heart is no longer receptive to receive the word. It gets hardened. You get bitter. Um, you get prideful, you get arrogant. So anytime the word of God is trying to penetrate a yeah. heart that has a stronghold in it, it nothing pierces it. Yeah. And then you give yourself over um, to a place where nothing, nothing affects you any longer. Right. Yeah. And then you just do what you want to do. You've convinced yourself that regardless of what I do, God's going to just love me. He's going to bless yeah. me. He's redeemed me. And the truth is, none of that's written in the word of God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's and what God scares says, me. You know, that he'll know that his people who are his people who love him yeah um by obeying him yeah and it's like yeah of course you can have sex before marriage and live with your significant other but what is the where does that motivation come from if you truly are a follower of christ and mm. you love god to not say oh how can i keep doing this yeah, yeah. you know what i mean i would yeah. like to be honoring um and i think too it's almost like I, I, and I've learned this. Maybe, I don't know if you guys feel this way too, but whenever I'm doing something that's displeasing to God, I feel a weight. Yeah. I feel a weight. Yeah. And, and whenever I, I can say, God, I, forgive me of that. Yeah. It's like it's knocked off. Yeah. And I have no desire to live a life being enslaved to sin. Yeah. Right. I, I have no desire to be a slave to sin any longer because I'm not the word of yeah. God says. Well, I mean, Paul talks about it. He says, should we keep sinning to gain more grace? Mm. And he said, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because God's going to give you grace for your sin, it doesn't mean that you keep sinning. And this, um, won't people still engage in sexual sin regardless of where they live? And the answer is no. There are some people that date and they do it right. right. Yeah. And they don't sleep with each other or do anything impure. I don't like when people kind of draw a line where, well, this was sex and this yeah. wasn't sex. Sexual immorality, yeah. okay? Yeah. You know, that encompasses a lot. Don't tempt yourself beyond what you can bear. Um, set good boundaries yep. for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and we are, we are, we do set our foot down a little bit with the um, living together because yeah. why would you tempt yourself? Yeah. And the Bible also talks about living above reproach. 
don't give anyone a reason to assume that you're doing something sinful. Yeah. And if you're living together and you love each other and you're passionate about each other, there's a high chance that you are actually sleeping together. Yeah. And, you, and it doesn't mean that people that aren't living together aren't sleeping. That's, yeah. not, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, too, I just want to throw this out there. If you were sleeping together, if you if something happened and you did sleep together, it doesn't mean that you can't step back under that umbrella yeah. right. that I was talking about. Yeah. You made a mistake. Say your, ask for forgiveness, get that back under there. Tell somebody, tell your crew leader that you slipped up. They love you. They're not going to shame you. Right. That's no, a yeah. lot different from consciously saying, I don't care. Oh, well. God will forgive me. I'm just going to keep on doing what yes. I want to do. Yes. yes. And I think I, we grew up in a culture where you didn't admit your mistakes in church because like, mm. you know, you didn't make a mistake. You were a Christian. Yeah. You had it together. Yeah. And that's not how we are here. Like, tell someone that you made a mistake so they can help you stay accountable. They can yeah. help you get back on track. Yeah. Real quick, just, oh, I know we have to keep going, but this one says, well, will it send me to hell, basically? They're saying, if I continue to sleep with someone, even though I know that God has said no, will it send me to hell? And um, I just think that that isn't the issue. You sleeping with someone and you know it's a sin that's not really the root. And I don't like to just deal with the symptoms. The root is, who is God to you? Right. Is he your Lord? Because if yeah. he's your Lord, Relationships all then yeah, if he's your Lord and Savior, then what he says, you will submit to, like right. you've been talking about. Well, it's, it's typical. It's like, you know, I'm thinking of our children. They want to get the best of everything in their mind. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, hey, I want him to be Lord, but I want to do this. Yeah. And you're like, well, no, that's not how it works. And it's the cool thing is, like, when we're talking about sex, like, God created sex. Yeah. It wasn't human. It wasn't an it accidental wasn't, thing. It wasn't Satan. No. It was God. He created it. It was good. It was for each other. It was the benefit. It was to enjoy. And the best sex is sex in marriage. Right. That's with a man honor. and a woman. Honor. You get to honor God when you have sex inside the marriage relationship. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a win-win for everybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think it's important too, because like that's stating that, that, you know, in our culture today can seem, and we talked about this earlier, very intolerant. If you say that sex biblically is stated between one man born a man, one woman born a woman, mm -hmm. um, in the covering of marriage, yeah. um, people say, what, what? Who believes that? Well, yeah. we believe yeah. that. Yeah. And we believe yeah. that's how God's And there are people that do it, believe it or yes, not. Yes, <laughs> a lot of people that do it. Um, there's a verse in here uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, that's, that's powerful when it comes in, in the expression of that we are sanctified, we are justified in the name of the Lord um, Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God, talking about who's going to inherit um, the kingdom of God. But um, there are a lot of verses um, pertaining to the question that you just asked yeah. um, that are really helpful for people. But yeah. um, question number four, are there sexual boundaries for a married couple? Where is the line about what is acceptable or not, or not even when it comes to married couples? Except uh, or not even when it comes to married couples. Yes. You got this. Um, I just, it didn't make sense yeah. in my head. Um, okay, I'm trying to think, where are they going with this question? Um, I think I know where they're going, but um, uh, there are a lot of opinions on this, believe it or not. A lot, a lot of people talk about stuff, but considering pornography is a massive issue mm -hmm. in our culture today, mm -hmm. it distorts, it perverts, and it takes everything that God instilled as being good, and it warps it. Yep. Um, and so that being consumed by 
millions, if not billions of people, um, is not only detrimental to the minds, but it's detrimental to what you perceive sex to be. Yeah. And yeah. so that's one thing. And then you can talk about um, sex toys, open relationships, other partners. I mean, yeah. that's probably what they're saying without, or, Charlie, you know, being specific or too detailed. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it's one of those, it's a dangerous line to cross. I like to believe that God gave us everything we need to make our spouse happy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Without bringing in any, anything yeah. into, into the marital, yeah. into the, to the relationship. And I think, I guess I say that is because then it becomes more about other things. Yeah than one another. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I, in order for our sex life to be good, we need this and we need this and we yeah. need this. Yeah. And then it's like, well, okay, then when does that stop? Yeah. And then you're like, well, that's not doing it anymore. We need this, we need this. And it's like, well, and, and that's why for me, there's always a danger in the idea of even how you perceive sex. Yeah. Should it be, it should be a selfless thing, yeah. free of lust, but but a desire for your spouse. Mm -hmm. And when you start to think about it and add all these alternate kind of... Well, I think too, like, like the devil loves to distort. He can't create. Yeah. He can't. Yeah. yeah. So God creates. So God created sex and it was good and it was amazing and it was intimate and it was for a man and a woman to almost like, I look at it like re, remaking that covenant you did on your wedding day. Yeah. Yeah. saying that we're one, that yeah. we're for each other. We're the same team. There's yeah. nothing. It, and I think, you know, um, there's a verse in First Corinthians where it talks about um, everything is lawful, but not everything is good. So yeah. maybe, you know, adding adult toys or whatever, you, whatever way you want to look at it um, might not be sin, mm. but is it good? Yeah. Right. yeah. Is it good? God's intention was it to make it personal and intimate. And like you said, everything you need, for each other, he's given you, yeah. you know, like, and if there are things that are, are, are uncomfortable, I think this is where it comes down to like spouses have to talk to each other. Yeah. Like 100%. it might be uncomfortable to talk about sex with your spouse, but you should, if there was things that made you uncomfortable before, say things made me uncomfortable. Yeah. If you want a better sex life, talk to each other about it. Pray about it. You can pray for a good sex life. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. God cares about yeah, that, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I don't think people think about it in that sense, because I think almost it's like, Ooh, a hush hush thing, you know, you don't talk well, about think it. About, think about the irony in this, right? We are talking about questions. We titled the series Asking for a Friend because it's that comical thing is like, I don't want people to know I'm asking about right. it. Yeah. And we're talking about issues of sexuality. Now, just there are probably hundreds, maybe even thousands of couples that are watching and they're like, I don't even have the guts to talk to my spouse about our sex life. Yeah. Yeah. And so, listen, if we're talking about it in front of the whole church and talking about it, like we can talk about it in our marriage. Yeah. Um, and I think having the comfort to know, like, it's for the benefit of your marriage yeah. and, and for each other. And yeah. it's not, and look, it's, it's conversations like that are never like, um, they're never like the easiest conversation, but I actually think the more you talk about issues of sexuality in your marriage, it'll create more intimacy. There's normalcy in it. And there should be in, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, being vulnerable like that with each other and talking about that will create a deeper intimacy. So I think that, um, you need to talk as a couple, um, I don't think the boundary thing makes me seem like some boundaries were crossed that made yeah. someone uncomfortable. So that needs to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if you've brought other things into your, into your marriage bed that, you know, you felt uncomfortable about, talk about it. I really feel like God just wants 
you and your spouse to, you know, focus in on each other, to be intimate, to be, be one, to like remake that covenant. Yeah. I mean, that's what like sex is. I mean, we're one, we're together, you yeah. know? So I think like- That's actually a great statement from 1 Corinthians 7. It says, but because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife and each woman is to have her own husband. The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, also, the husband does not have authority over his body, but the wife does. Essentially, he's saying, is you're one. Yeah. You're one. You've surrendered your life. You've actually given yourself to one another to yeah. have become one, just like you said. Yeah. Um, and that's what Paul's trying to explain in the context of, of marriage, which is a powerful thing. Question number five. Who has that? Okay. Oh, another story. I have a sibling who is living a lifestyle that is not honoring to God. I love them, but I am afraid to explain to them how their lifestyle is dangerous. What is a wise way to approach this topic with them without it turning into a huge argument? Well, since you read it, you can answer it. <laughs> it's a sensitive one because you don't know the actual details of the pre-existing relationship. Well, I just want, I'm thinking, I feel like we've roundabout answered this so many times, right? Um, you're not going to say, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. This is what the Bible says. Yeah. Obviously, if they believed and they were believers and they, uh, you know, their life was honoring God, they'd be changed. Well, I guess the thing is, is when they say, I'm afraid to explain to them how their lifestyle is dangerous, it almost seems like they haven't talked to them yet. Like, I think the thing is, is if you having an honest conversation with someone you love and sharing truth in grace and in love, truth and love to someone, you really care for. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. I think I think the thing, this is what happens in, co in conversations like this. You you make the conversation more about the reaction than the content. Right, more about you. It's not. Yeah, and you're so you're thinking like, yeah, that. you think that I need to change you or right. if you're not struggled with that aspect, you're struggling with what if they hate me, never talk to me. Yeah. Uh, that's the wrong outcome. I actually always encourage people when they're getting ready to have a conversation that they think might be difficult to actually pray in such a way that says, God, I thank you that when I share truth and yeah. love with people, it's going to set them free. Yeah. Yes. You're going to open their eyes. You're going to give them great victory. You're yes. going to strengthen our relationship. We're right. going to be stronger and better together. And we do this to ourselves. We self-sabotage conversations before we go in. Yes. We're sweating. We're all yeah. nervous. We're well, anxious. And we, you know, and it's, there's no, there doesn't have to be a definitive outcome of yeah, any exactly. conversation that you go into. I mean, you're just planting the seed and yeah. you're yes. just starting the conversation and just putting it out there. I mean, it's not going to begin and end there. They're going to have an epiphany. And having the yes. intentionality up front at the conversation, I think, is most important. I'm having this conversation because this is what I right. truly Coming believe. Into it with the right and I love you. Right. And I'm trying to share. Yeah, well, but like you said, if they were living for God, then the God would be convicting. The Holy Spirit would right. be changing their heart. So the first concern there is their relationship with God. That's what you need to be talking about. Right how's your relationship with God or how's your heart or, yeah. you know, that's the conversation that needs to be had. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too, even, even how you're praying, God help this conversation change them. That's the wrong prayer. Yeah. God help me share truth with them. Let me show them Jesus. Yeah. And Lord, I know you're the only one that can change them. I'll speak through me, Holy Spirit in this conversation. And I yeah. thank you before I have it, that the outcome is going to be great and it's going to strengthen us. Yes. Um, and I think when you approach things that way, man, it's God honoring. Because I know there's a lot of people listening that that probably had conversations and they went bad. Yeah. And so they're like, I'm never doing that again, yeah. which I think is the same thing. Say, God, I thank you that this is a 
a new day, mm -hmm. it's a new opportunity, and I'm grateful um, that this conversation is going to be different. Yeah, we're called to be fishers of men. It didn't say that we, you know, we catch the fish. Yeah. We help Holy show Spirit. people Jesus, That's and good. Jesus claims the fish. Yeah. It's not our job. We just show them Jesus. Yeah. Are we ready for the next one? Yep. Um, question six. I have a past that is pretty wild. I have made some major mistakes that I regret. I still think about my life before Christ, and I have lots of feelings of guilt because of it. Mm. Well, you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the enemy loves, I, I remember you preached a message and it was just so good. You said, you just, and you just literally said, the enemy is an accuser. Mm. He's an accuser. And that just resonated with me because I had a little rebellious streak, you know? And I'm like, I could have been, I could have been showing people Jesus yeah. better. Yeah. I could have been in furthering the kingdom, but I was being a rebel, you know? And the enemy loves to use your past to stop you in your present. And I think it's just a trap. I mean, if, if Jesus, if God can use a murderer, Saul, persecuting the church and change him to further the kingdom, then he can use a well, rebellious like spirit in the past. You know, you're, what'd you say about the, the devil wanting to bring the, up, yeah, yeah, accuse you of your past? Well, the greatest thing is that your past could be your greatest weapon yeah. against him because... Um, just your testimony could speak volumes mm -hmm. where people say, oh, I knew who they were yeah. when, and they're not like that anymore. And that's very unlike them to be like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, your testimony will speak for you. Yeah, it's like in Revelation, it's the verse yeah. where it's about they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. Yeah. And so our testimonies have a power in them. Yeah. Um, and also, the, and, and anytime you're feeling a continuation of guilt for something, it's, it's, it's the devil's attempt. And I always, I try to encourage people. I said, it is the devil's attempt to, it, 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 it's, it's his attempt to pull you down yeah. and not to actually walk in the authority that you've been given in Christ. Yeah. And, and that's why the apostle Paul teaches us that every thought that comes in our mind, take it captive, yeah. hold it to the obedience yeah. of Christ, which basically means here comes a lie. It's coming yeah. in. Now it's in my head. What am I going to do with it? A lot of Christians run around with victim mentality and guilt mentality. The Bible says, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. We are not carriers of guilt mm -hmm. because if we were carriers of guilt, in some sense, it would mean that Jesus went to the cross, forgive us of our sins, um, but said, hey, still carry the guilt yeah. and the remorse of what you've done. Enough. But it wasn't good enough. Yeah. That's not what he did. So he says, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So if yep. you surrender your life to Jesus and you're in Christ, when that, when that lie comes in your head, you take it captive. Yeah. And often, I, I, I've told the lies of this a lot. I mean, the kids know I talk to myself all the time. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, Harper and Avi know I do a lot, but Levi will also often say, what are you, who are you talking to? And I, I say, I'm talking to Jesus. But I'll even say like out loud, that's not who I am. No weapon formed against me yep. will prosper. I'm a child of God and heir to the throne. And, uh, you know, and I'll just make declarations yeah. of promises over my life. And people will think like, oh, you, you do that, you're a pastor. Absolutely, yeah. I do that. Because mm -hmm. lies... And from the enemy will come at every different direction. And when you can kind of have that shield of faith um, and, and really know that, no, 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 no. I'm not allowing your little arrow of, of lies yeah. and deceit and manipulation to question how I'm honoring God and, yeah. and loving Jesus. Yeah, and, I mean, um, yeah, you said Romans 8.1. There's no yeah. condemnation. God does not cause shame and guilt. No. So God doesn't want you to feel guilty and shameful. God convicts so that you change. Yes. God convicts yes. so that you turn and walk away from your sin. So if you're feeling guilt and shame, it literally is the enemy. Yeah. So and we always talk up. about the difference, right? Guilt gives you no, there's yes. no reaction. Yes. There's no response to get you out of it. No. It plagues it, you and it, says you're, you're, you're yeah. done. 
But, but conviction says, turn the other way. Yeah. You're going the wrong, turn the other way. So when the Holy Spirit convicts you, he's saying, hey, you're missing the mark turn and go the other way. And then when you turn, you're like, man, there's freedom in that. There's and I just love, like we talk about how God takes what the enemy meant, meant for evil and he turns yeah. it for mm. good. Yeah. So your past was meant to harm you. It was meant to throw you off course. And the enemy's still trying to do that. And God is going to use your past, mm. your wildness, your rebellious, your yeah. sin for your testimony. Yeah. How good is that? God's going to use your sin, your rebelliousness, and it's gonna give you power in your testimony. So true. So your past, don't be ashamed of your past. Mm. I think I think a lot of times people are, they don't want to tell people where they've been and how you know yeah. they came to know Christ. But like you said, there is power in it. Yeah. It's gonna set someone else free. Right. So use your testimony, use your rebelliousness that you've been through in the past to set other people free that are walking through it. So it's like I mean, the apostle Paul says like, you know, um, um, I pleaded with the Lord to take that which which pained me, and three times He says, "My grace is uh, three times," and then He says, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness." Yeah. And then Paul, and I'm thinking, thinking about Paul. I mean, he watched Stephen be stoned to death. Mm -hmm. He was murdering uh, Jews when the church was founded. Yeah. And yeah. to know that God says, "No, my grace is sufficient for you," He says, "My power is made perfect in your brokenness, in yeah. your weakness, in your testimony." Well, well that's and he's, why and, it's, you know, it's important that you know that you don't hide your past or different yeah. things that you know you don't have to walk with them anymore but sharing that might free someone else up yeah. to say wow i mean sharing it amongst people in church and yeah. yeah um well it says it's not and i think people misappropriate it's not about what i've overcome right it's what he has enabled me to overcome right it's his my it's 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 his story, you yeah. know, and, and we're part of it. And God's using us as vessels to demonstrate his power and his love to humanity. Right. But we were saying, you know, people think like, oh, I can't go there. Yeah. I can't go to church because, well, no, church is full of broken, messed, messed up people. And nobody's going to know unless yeah. you share your stories with people and yeah. share your testimony. Yeah. And there's, you know, that's where the power is. And God is a, a redeeming God. And I, I love even in 2 Corinthians 5, it's like, um, therefore... If anyone was in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone mm -hmm. and the new has come. Yep. And I think we have to remind ourselves of, of that reality every single day. Yep. I think that's all of our questions. Good stuff. Do you want to pray for us as we exit today? Yeah, sure. Come on. God, we just thank you that you're here right now. You're in people's homes right now as they watch, God. Yes, That your Holy Spirit, your presence, Lord. I just pray that it just, that it, just took burdens off people's hearts today yes, hearing God. this, Father. That this is a topic that we can talk about, God, that, that you are involved in, Father. Yes, that our identity is found in you, Father. Yes, that you created us for a purpose and a reason. That our past have no hold on where yes, we're going God. in our future, God. That you have great things for us, God. So we just thank you right now that you're going to go, that lives are going to be changed because we talked about sexuality today, God. Yes, that your Jesus. spirit's going to move and hearts are yes, going to be God. changed today, God. We love you so much. In your name we pray, amen. Hey church, I hope you were encouraged by that word. I hope that you won't shy away from hard topics, that you'll be willing to talk and know that God is for you and not against you. If you watched today's message and you were moved by it and wanna make a decision to follow Christ, that's the first step in finding out who you are, why you're here and who, what you were created for. We're gonna say a simple prayer together. And if that's you, you can just repeat after me. Say, dear heavenly father, Forgive me for my sins. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I am now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. 
In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, we are so excited. There's a link below the screen. Make sure you click that. Tell someone that you made a decision. We'd love to connect with you, send you a Bible, and just encourage you along this journey. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.